1: now it's his turn to help me conquer my phobia of scary movies over one spooky night in the fbi studios one wikipedia synopsis at a time this is spooko so when we last spoke we spoke about how the most upsetting thing uh, in much of the most upsetting films ever made was that humans are basically bad and one of the themes we often get in horror films is disappointed hope. So recently I was at a shindig. Uh, this time of year there are some shindigs going on. And um, I was speaking to someone about cricket who I'd sort of met once or twice before and had not really sort of not really seen eye to eye with. And um, just started speaking about the, the ongoing cricket test, the Ashes series is going on at the moment. And I'm reasonably knowledgeable about cricket and, and somewhat knowledgeable about the finer details of it. And there were some comments made about like the finer details of how Joe Joe Root, who's the English captain, how his technique works against short pitch bowling and that sort of thing. And then the cricket was on and then we went to watch it together. And I had a surprisingly so insightful conversation about the technic- technical side of cricket and then sort of invited him to sort of reminisce a bit about his earlier memories of playing and mine playing. And I was like, oh, well, this, like my initial impression is like a long way off. This is a very pleasant, I don't think I've had a friend before with this sort of degree of expertise and been able to speak about it like this, this is a very interesting experience. And so there was a lot of hope for, uh, you know, how the afternoon was going to continue and how things were going to go. And so then we start talking about the cricket coverage, and because I don't watch a lot of cricket these days, I tend to either read about it or listen um, to podcasts about it, um, if I if I can. Um, he goes, oh, so the comments made about the television commentary, and one of the comments he made was, "Look, this new trend for female commentators, I just really uh, I can't can't get around it. Uh, I really need to hear from a commentator who's you know been in it, who's been in the thick of it." And I just don't really think I can, you know, take much value from commentary from someone who's just employed by a television station to, you know, uh, look nice or, or whatever it is he said. And so it goes without saying that two-thirds of the male commentators of cricket know fuck all about cricket. So like, well, I want to start, we'll start with that. Um, <laughs> Do and, they actually know nothing about oh, cricket? No, but their expertise is com- commenting on stuff really fast. Okay, yeah. You know, some of them are like ex-horse racers. A lot of them are ex-AFL commentators. Um, and some of them are just enthusiastic sports fans who fucking did journalism at uni and, you know, <laughs> end up doing sports journalism. And so it, 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 it was Alice's function rather than my yeah. function. And so it wasn't really for me to arc up too much about it. But I said, look, that view's wrong, and um, you need to revise it. And uh, uh, there were some firmer, firmer words spoken that I don't need to or don't intend to, to repeat here. But it was just a nice reminder, Shag, of the lesson we learned last week, that even though hope can sometimes spring from the unlikeliest places, humans are basically entirely bad. And uh, I'm very down with any gender or people who don't even identify with a gender commentating on cricket. So long as they've been in the thick of battle.
0: You know what, Peach? I'm I'm often very proud of you. And I'm very proud of you there because I think, like you said, like that's a really good teaching moment. I have definitely especially like you know, when I allude to how shit guys are in their 20s, I'm talking about how shit I was in my twenties. Yeah,
1: and me, and, and me, and me, yes.
0: And I definitely said some very ignorant things and had some ignorant thoughts where people me corrected too. me and said really good things and what you alluded to before what we've been talking about in this series about the most disturbing films of all time is the mm. main theme across all of these is the darkness at the you know at the at the core of the human heart and the only way we get around that is constant betterment and you know those teaching moments i think are super important and so yes. I'm glad harder
1: better stronger faster yes yes yeah,
0: straight up i'm glad you said something This is what we're doing. We're talking about some of the darkest moments in the horror genre. These are the 10 most disturbing films of all time. We're going chronologically. We started with uh, Spanish Surrealism with Onshun Andalou. 4 out of 10. We went to Salo, arguably the most disturbing film of all time. 9 out of 10. Cannibal Holocaust, the original found footage horror film.
1: 7.3, as I recall.
0: Flower of Flesh and Blood, a.k.a. Guinea Pig 2, the film that caused Charlie Sheen to call the FBI.
1: I think this was a six point eight.
0: And then finally, Necromantic, a film that John Waters called the first romantic film for necrophiliacs.
1: Five point five. Yeah, that one sucked. And I and I suspect that that, much like that um, novel, New Romancer, was made just by someone who thought they'd had a funny play on words. And we're like, how can we get romantic <laughs> and necro together?
0: it's actually really funny seeing people try to explain like what that film's about like so he obviously is a necrophiliac and his girlfriend is and then his girlfriend leaves him and there's one explanation that's like he can't handle relationships with alive people so he has relationships with dead people it's like what how is that a reading how is that a theme what does that even mean what? Oh,
1: boo! Like, why are people trying to explain it away? I'm like, no, no, it's really good. Um, <laughs> it's like, yeah, mm, okay. <laughs> I do think,
0: like, I think, and again, I'm not judging people. Like, I think I'm, like, to be honest, like, I, I think I, ha- like, I have a pretty morbid fascination with some of these things but there are definitely mm. people who will watch these films all of these films like popcorn in hand be like oh fuck did you see that yes there are people who actively seek out these experiences and i'm not shaming them but i also think there is a human reaction to that shame to be like no you just don't understand it it's actually an allegory for yes
1: yes German yes yes
0: the word like and, and and you know there there's you know, with both On and the and that film, there was a very conservative media happening at the time, especially in East Germany. Ooh. And it was very much a reaction to that to be like, how can we make the most fucked film you could think
1: of? This is your classic, I read Playboy for the Articles um, sort of argument. <laughs> yeah, 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 I get it.
0: All right, so next up we have a film that I. Well, film series, but like, I. I I I feel weird mentioning if it's but it's gonna show we've up. I've already
1: done the first one, but not really <laughs> no, I'm,
0: <laughs> not. I'm <laughs> not I'm not. So 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 these these films exist. There is a subgenre of horror that maybe we'll touch on with potentially Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer one day. But one of the ones that shows up mostly in this list is a film from two thousand and one called August Underground. So August, uh, already like a chilling, awful name. Like, as Ooh. a name itself, I'd give that like a 9 out of 10. Yep. Like, I just... Yeah, oh, I strong don't name.
1: Even. Completely accept right. that.
0: The point of August Underground is there is kind of no point. It's it's sort of a uh, like a quasi-mockumentary snuff film where a guy follows a couple of serial killers with his camera as they do really fucked up things to people but then also live a normal life. And so I think it goes for like maybe eighty no, it goes for seventy minutes. Nice. There's there's scenes of just like extreme violence and torture. Then there's them going to a shop for five minutes. And then there's there's more scenes of just mm-hmm. awful stuff. Yeah.
1: That's almost the most annoyingly direct allegorical one, I think, that we've done so far in these disturbing films. Of like you see normal people you see in the shops are extremely evil.
0: Like, if if I read uh, kind of a quasi-okay portion of this, Mm. the two then proceed to tour roadside America and visit a tattoo parlor. When the tattoo artist finishes giving Peter a tattoo, he and his twin brother are captured by Peter and the cameraman. They cut a leg off the tattoo artist. Oh, the cameraman. So the
1: cameraman's in it. The cameraman's not just filming.
0: No, he's complicit. Okay. Um, And so all three of them cut a leg off the tattoo artist, then bludgeon him and his brother to death. With the leg. With the leg. Like, it, <laughs> okay. like, but do you see what I mean? So it's yeah. like, it's like, we're just going to tour America. We're going to get tattoos. Oh, we're going to beat someone to death with their own
1: leg. Oh, God. Yeah, uh, yeah, it does feel like a lazy allegory. But,
0: but I, this is one of those films where it's like, I wouldn't even watch the trailer. Like the trailer, it's like, I've seen the trailer and I wish I hadn't. This is one of these films where reading this, I wish I hadn't. Seeing the trailer, I wish I hadn't. Even seeing the cover of this film, I wish I hadn't
1: how do we how do we draw the lines like so if we say um uh first film we ever did on this podcast, the name of which escapes me, which is a source of and hereditary. hereditary, we say that's a deeply upsetting and you know life alteringly negative film. How do we draw a line between these upsetting films and these excellent films that upset us
0: mm. and I To be honest, I don't know if there's an easy answer to that mm. because where this came from, mm. so this is, th- these films, there's a series of these films and they're masterminded by a guy called Fred Vogel who was upset by the state of horror, thought it was...
1: It's not scary enough. Oh.
0: Well, kind of, but also kind of was like, but it's not real. Like, and uh, it comes down to the fact that, like, this is what horror would actually be like. So he was like, that's not like, you know, you see a serial killer played by, like, John Hamm or something. And he's like the sexy lawyer who's a serial mm. killer. Like I'm not saying that's a film, but it's like mm. it's like no, no, no. They would just be normal people who would do really awful things, and then they would go about their life.
1: Like you yeah, can like kind normal, of see where that real life spies are boring is not a good idea for like <laughs> James Bond is fun. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, it's like oh, fucking James Bond's know what spies are like. Like that's not an inspiration to make a boring spy film.
0: <laughs> all right. Okay.
1: All right. Well the James Bond films are boring, but yes, that's besides the point,
0: So next up, we go to a film. That... I give
1: that uh eight point one eight point five, I reckon. I reckon it's uh, inching into Salo territory.
0: Okay, so next up uh, I'm gonna give I'm gonna mention a film that
1: mm.
0: once you know this film exists, mm. you can never not know it exists. Oh, this um, is in
1: human centipede two where there's the pregnant pregnant lady who's a part so of So
0: weirdly that is coming up. But oh, no, it, okay. no, this is this is This is a film, so again, you know, there's a really famous Gaspar Noe film called I Stand Alone where at the very end, before the final sequence that's really awful happens, Uh. there's a timer that counts down on screen and it goes, it counts down from 30 and above the timer it says you have X seconds to leave the cinema.
1: Which I think is a very
0: effective film. Come on, that's great, right? Yeah, like that definitely gonna start
1: effective. I completely get that. There's a very Jesus Christ superstar as well, of like, you know, ten dun, 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 dun.
0: nine. But ten, but I just ten, want ten, you to ten. know that there's there's knowing about this film and there's not knowing about this is this is oh, our no. is this the Matrix one? green pill, red pill oh,
1: moment. <laughs> the old green pill. <laughs> All right. So it was blue if, it, it was blue
0: pill. <laughs> I can't remember what it was. <laughs> if you like but but if you okay so i also think it's so funny how that film was revealed to be an allegory for the trans experience but was co-opted by the hardcore right which are so vehemently anti-trans like that's what what? i think is Is so funny right 100 that's amazing isn't that amazing like no there's a million things it's about but that's one of the things it's about,
1: right? I remember right? you directed me to the practice, like the religious practice of matrixology that I can't remember what, <laughs> what they were trying to practice. But it's was like, we're in the matrix. That's, our religion is we're in the matrix.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I also, like, I you know how you often hear those, those, uh, like, reports that's like, there's a 99% chance we're in a matrix-style... I've not heard um, a
1: report like that, no. A simulacrum, yes. There's
0: a 99% chance we're in a matrix-style simulation. And it's like, how did you get to that percentage? How did you, yeah. like... Like, I don't... You know, like, I, and look, I, I, I work with data people, so I understand it's a very complex, very interesting field that I find fascinating.
1: But probability is dumb of something that already has happened. It's like... You can't... like. There's like a 50% chance I'm alive. And it's like, well... (laughs) (laughs) Turns out I am. Like, you know, it's like... What what even does that mean? like, like, If we are in the Matrix, we're we're in it. You know, it's like... The the percentage probabilities for this sort of stuff that's already happened, it's just very dumb.
0: So, look, I am stalling. But, yes, if you've decided to stay with us, if you're going to get into horror, eventually you're going to find out that this film exists. It's called... It's called a Serbian film. It's literally just called a Serbian film. It's from 2010. Weirdly, this was briefly allowed into Australia by the classification board. Strangely enough, JB Hi-Fi, which is a, I guess, the Australian version of Best Buy, for example, publicly were like, we are not going to sell this film. It's fucked. But then they actually still sold it for a while oh, anyway. Okay. And then, but then it got banned again, and it's since been banned. Um, it's been banned by a lot of places around the world it's a, like i'm a, like it it's 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 about a aging porn star who is asked by a mysterious director to engage in a number of like increasingly awful experiences until it gets to a point where he decides he and his family have seen too many horrible things so they have a mass murder suicide like it's just it's it's just awful and like i i only i only give you that synopsis cuz i actually don't want you to read the rest of it yeah um like i just want you to be like that's what happens in it you know enough to know what what happens in it to if somebody asks what what is this film you know what happens in it uh in the uh, the the press tours of this film the director had a few things to say number one didn't ex- didn't expressively say this cuz i think it was probably fearing reprisals but there was mentions of the things that the Yugoslav army act, the sort of war crimes they actively engaged in, you know, it was, it was sort of to be like, okay, no, no. Like, and contrasting that extreme violence with what they, he considered as the very sanitized foreign funded films to be like, no, like Serbia, like, awful things have happened here and we've done all these awful things but all these films that you're funding that are these beautiful foreign films that you're just trying to win a foreign film oscar for don't represent it hence calling the film uh, a, a serbian, serbian film, film to try to be like no this is this is what it is now i, I peach i'm gonna rate this a 10 for you like i'm just gonna say it's
1: the, a 10. i think that's fair it's very upsetting I'm not sure how I feel about you hijacking my rating system, but uh, I think <laughs> <laughs> that's probably the most okay, upsetting sorry, thing. I'm sorry.
0: I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What would you give a Serbian film?
1: Well, having considered all the factors, I think a hmm. 10 would probably be, <laughs> would probably be appropriate.
0: <laughs> okay. So now we, move to, now, now we move to... Now we move to... One of again, one of the new. We're in chronological order, so we're getting to films that have only come out in the last decade. <sighs> this film, this film, I've seen, and to be honest, at the time I was kind of like, "Oh yeah, that was fucked." But the more I thought about it, the more it stuck with me. It's an Australian film, yeah. and I think why it stuck with me is because it's a true story. And yeah. I, I think often when we talk about the. Darkness at the heart of humanity. Nothing's worse than a horror film that's actually based on a truth. And like, arguably, this isn't a horror film, but it's it might as well be one. And it shows up in the top ten. Like all of the disturbing, you know, all of the later disturbing films of all time list. This one shows out. Peach, did you ever see?
1: No. A film. I did. Did you
0: ever see Justin Kurzel's Snowtown?
1: No, I don't know. Do you remember
0: those. the Snowtown murders in Adelaide?
1: No. This sounds very upsetting. It's maybe this is the most upsetting one.
0: So, so this was basically Ugh. the police found a bunch of bodies degrading in barrels in like some sort of well, I guess d- d- dissolving acid, or Breaking Bad
1: word. style. Yeah, I understand.
0: Yeah, in in, in an un, in a like in an abandoned bank in Adelaide, and eventually found out it was tied to this like charismatic. Community leader in John a small Hamm suburban I've got a John town. John Ham playing
1: him doing an accent. It's John yeah. Ham. Yeah, okay, I'm there.
0: A, a charismatic community leader who basically brought in these disaffected youths and kind of almost like, remember how last week in Willy's Wonderland, how week there was a child last, serial killer? So, sorry, the week before last. <laughs> Do you remember the week before last in. Uh, Willie's Wonderland. How there was that child serial killer who wasn't actually a child so serial dumb. killer,
1: but a serial killer of children. Yes, it was a yes, serial killer, yeah.
0: but but he ran like a, a, a like a family restaurant Cartel. and hired all these yep. like you know, and we're like oh la la la. But what this this was a true story about this community leader who kind of convinced all these disaffected boys to join him in just killing people he decided he didn't like,
1: hmm. and just
0: just ruthlessly and awfully and I think what makes it so disturbing like the murders are fucked but it's the way that he breaks down these young boys and desensitises them into joining him and so mm. essentially it's about a sociopath turning other young men into sociopaths
1: no, that's very upsetting uh, 7.8 Snowtown wasn't there a band called the Bryan Snowtown Massacre?
0: Brian jones massacre. That's that Oh, and they competed
1: with the whoever. The Danny Oh, Danny Walls, yeah.
0: Next, you brought it up before. I'm just going to mention it. It keeps showing up, The Human Centipede 2. Uh, do you know the plot of The Human Centipede 2, though?
1: Uh, uh, like, so, Human Centipede 1 doesn't rate a mention, firstly. Can we just confirm no. that?
0: You know what's interesting, actually? Of the films we've actually covered on this podcast, a few of them do. So, Martyrs, Martyrs shows up. yep. Uh, sorry, Masters shows up. Yep, uh, the audition shows up.
1: Yeah, that's weird that the audition shows up because I feel like the only intense bit is cutting off the feeding. Like, da, 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 da. I,
0: but that, but that scene is unbelievable. Yeah. I think sometimes, sometimes a single scene will do Ugh. it. And I think th- this film is one of those films where it's certain scenes. I'm not going to talk about the film, the scenes. But what I think is interesting about this film. Do you want to just talk about one of that- the scenes?
1: Maybe we've got to do it. I think we've probably okay, got to do it. Okay,
0: so. Like, he... Oh, so, so, like,
1: so, okay, uh, I think it's fair to he, ask, what's okay, his broader right, I'm, I'm, plan? Like, so, he's broader plan this time. So, it's the same dude, isn't it?
0: No, 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 no. Okay. So, this film is a meta... Uh, this is this is like Halloween 3 in that this film is about a guy who's obsessed with The Human Centipede 1, the film. So, he's, oh. he, he has bought this film and he watches it again and again on his laptop. And he has an abusive family. I do, I do um, love family. that of
1: like, oh, the whole, like this guy's whole thing is how sick is the human centipede one? <laughs> like like <laughs> part of the plot is the first one of these was sick.
0: <laughs> so basically he is so obsessed with this film and he has an abusive family. Uh, again, it's that trope. And so one day he snaps, uh, Kills his family and then decides to reenact the human centipede in the abandoned warehouse, but this time with like 12 people. In, in like, I'm just going to say, including a pregnant woman, which is not like cool. I don't I don't want that to exist in a film, but it exists. Is he a surgeon and himself? He we just no, watched he's the just, film
1: really closely and was like, I'm pretty sure it's all in here.
0: Like, it, it's. It, it, yeah, it, and, and and I think one of the other things that makes this so fucked is that he's a lot rougher and a lot Ugh. looser with his surgery, and yeah. So, so that that just keeps showing up again. All of these films I would never cover in Spooko and we never will.
1: We sort of are but now, I it, guess, broadly. It, broadly. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> but
0: it's just it's just so you know they exist because they do. And once we've done this, page, once we've done this, you you know the depths of horror. You now understand the absolute depths of this, the depths of this genre. Peach, are you ready for the final
1: film? No, Human Centipede two nine point two.
0: No, we're actually going to finish on a fun one. We started talking about hip hop. We're going to end talking about hip hop. Did you know that Flying Lotus is a film is a also a director? No. So in twenty seventeen,
1: is the score mad? The score is
0: amazing.
1: Yeah, but it goes also, to-
0: but also in twenty seventeen he directed
1: Is it a, as good as Illmatic?
0: I I couldn't watch this film like I said I, okay. I've only seen Snowtown most of these films just based on the trailers and some of the description I'm just mm. like I can't I can't do it to myself I know this <clears> is I know this is unhealthy for people to see so kuso this is the only comedy on the list as well so it's a, well, arguably Unchen Andalu is like comedic because it's surrealist. And this kind of ends on a surrealist, like it all comes full circle, right? So, 2017, it's a body horror surrealist comedy anthology film directed by Flying Lotus. He credits himself as Steve in the credits. Uh, he also wrote it with a guy called David Firth, who you may remember well, you may not, but you may remember one of his early animations that was big on the internet called Salad Fingers was like a creepy Mm. animation that lots of people shared. Also, a rapper, Zach Fox, who has a couple of really great singles that came out in the last uh, couple of years. Um, Anyway, so this is a body horror compilation. Mm. Again, lots of awful things. I'm just going to read out one small section so you kind of understand the madness of this. So, all right. Um, Mm. Having, all right, so... Okay, I'm just going to read this out. Again, yeah. like, again this, is sur- this is supposed to be a surreal comedy. So keep that in mind when you listen to
1: this. Sounds pretty funny so far.
0: Um, having, found, having tested positive on a pregnancy test, B goes to Dr. Clinton's clinic for an abortion where she meets Manuel, who is cured of his fear of breasts by Mr. Quiggle, a large bug living in Clinton's anus.
1: Yeah, okay.
0: That's that's just that's a small section of this film, and th- 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 yeah, these are just like, okay. and it's like, I I like again this is one of those films where I'm just like, and it's on Shutter and Shudder's like, can you believe you can finally see Kuso? And I'm like, I'm actually like, I don't know who this. I can't see Flying Lotus fans being like, I can't wait to see his surrealist body horror I- film. <laughs> I, I can't see horror fans being like, I can't wait to see this comedy anthology about, you know, bugs living in anuses. Like, it's like, I actually don't know who this
1: film is for. It's a classic, how crazy would it be? Like scenario <laughs> from like 217 17-year-old boys hanging together being like, oh, oh, imagine if. Boo. I give it second lowest mark, 4.8. It's a fail. It's our second fail after our Spanish film that opened things up.
0: Look, that is the 10, like from mm. my from my research, the 10 most disturbing films of all time. If you stuck with this this long over the past two episodes mm. and you're new to horror and you're on the same journey, Peach is, you've yep. now seen the depths of horror. You now understand what's out there. Hopefully that 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 helps you on your journey. Peach, I still feel weird about doing that to you. How do you feel?
1: I feel more bullish than ever. Frankly, I'm like, yeah, like in my head, I've seen them all. Basically, I'm like, yeah, <laughs> all right. <laughs> but I still sort of think it's the point of this podcast. So, like, you know, people are like, oh, human centipede's upsetting. I'm like, mm, yeah, it's a bit upsetting, I guess. Yeah, you know, I've talked about it with a friend on a podcast before, and I was like, yeah, I guess the witch is a bit scary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> so, I feel more confident than ever. Um, Shag, I don't know when the balance of this list is coming up. Quick update on my 2021 New Year's resolutions. keep a Journal. No, failed at that. Headspace app. I managed to get about 22 minutes for the entire year. Uh, so that wasn't a great success. Uh, watch Candyman in the cinemas. Failed at that. So it's not been a great uh, NYR year for me.
0: Candyman obviously couldn't happen because of COVID. And obviously mm. COVID is spiking again. But Peach, this year, mm. I promise you and me together are going to watch and record ourselves watching Candyman.
1: Can I drink in the cinema?
0: (laughs) It's not going to be in the cinema. We missed it. What Unless uh... it has one of those special, no. We're just gonna have to go watch it. We'll have to watch it either at my house or maybe oh, we'll watch it, it together. Out? Over... It's out. It's that been I missed out for it. a while because of fucking COVID. It came out. All these movies came out,
1: and I thought they held them back. So it was no, all the Marvel f- ones that I was that were gonna come out. Are they out?
0: All of them. Shang Chi came out. <gasps> the Eternals came fun? out. Shang Chi's really fun. Scully a- the like... Handsome
1: One was that fun?
0: Uh, oh, Black Widow was really good. Okay. Um, so Al Grig, who's been a guest on this podcast many times mm. who very famously says I love all movies I'll go to a movie I just love being at the movies was like didn't love Marvel's Eternals which on his scale of loving every single movie ever it's <laughs> like a 1 out of 10 so I mean I guess that's the one you don't
1: watch but the rest of them were great Oh, so Candyman coming up? Sorry, I thought I thought we were waiting till cinemas were back. All right, Peach. Let's Peach
0: go. Cinemas may never come back. I don't know what the post-COVID is going to be like. But Peach, you and I are going to this film by Hook or by Crook. Mm. Number one, we're going to write charcuterie. But number two, yes, we are going to watch and record us watching Candyman together.
1: Number three, we're going to bring an end to all business travel. Boo, <laughs> business travel. <laughs> Uh, this was recorded at FBI Studios. Please like, subscribe, and follow wherever you can, and as much as you can. And Reshes, what's up?